Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist, friends. Today I am talking with Morgan. You probably know her as Jade Beauty Co. on Instagram because she's the ones that's sending out all the funny TikToks uh, or reels, whatever you want to call them nowadays, whatever the kids are calling them. Um, but this conversation is so good. She's more than just a stylist behind the chair making funny content. She is a mother. She is an educator. She does editorial work. So many things. I enjoyed this conversation so much. We talk about what success truly is. We talk about kind of coming into ourselves and and figuring out what makes us happy and and leaning into who we are as human beings. And I absolutely love this conversation so, so, so much. Morgan, thank you so much for coming on and being vulnerable with me. She is also the host, co-host with Erin Ray of the Honest Hairdresser podcast, which I highly, highly recommend you going to check out as well. I will post um, the link to that in the show notes. But please enjoy this conversation. And just a reminder, if you are ready to put more money back in your pocket, go and grab the five ways to find money cheat sheet in the show notes or the link in my bio on Instagram or missyjane.com because I want to put my money back in your pocket as well as bring some awareness around where your finances are going because at the end of the day, when you are ready to get your financial shit together, it's all about acknowledging what's going on, finding awareness around it. So do not forget to grab that and enjoy this amazing, amazing conversation. Morgan, welcome to the Cash Confidence Stylist. You have no idea how excited I am to chat with you today. <laughs> you have no idea how excited I am. That's such an honor. I've heard about Misty Jane for a very long time. So I hope I this is all good thrilled. things. <laughs> oh, my, all, all good things. Of course, all good things. So I'm super excited and feel very honored. 
Very so before you. we get started, I want you to just kind of tell the people who are you and what do you do? Because I feel like it's a very long list of things. <laughs> it's getting to be a long list of things. I tell you, um, I am like one of those people that can't stop. Like I wasn't over, like I, I joined, I was a joiner in school. So like, this is just who I am as an adult. Yes. Um, my name is Morgan Thomas, AKA Jade Beauty Co is probably what people most know me as, um, I am a mom and wife and I have been a hairdresser for 18 years and I am a suite owner now for the last several years. I've owned my own business for six years. So that's been like such an amazing blessing in my life. Um, salon ownership has just like changed my whole perspective on the industry. Um, I'm also the lead stylist for Chicago fashion week. I've been in runway for about 16 of my 18 years. So that's a huge passion of mine. Um, runway editorial. I just love that side of our industry and can't get enough of it, but also no longer want to do it full time. So I'm blessed that Chicago is a city that I can do everything kind of part time. When I was living in New York, no, I had to be all in runway editorial, no behind the chair. Um, And I really miss behind the chair. So I'm, I love Chicago for that reason that I get to, I get to dabble in all these different things. And now I'm also um, with our friend, Erin Ray. I am going on the road with her. We're doing an education tour this year. So we're hitting about five cities. Plus I teach um, independently here in Chicago, a couple classes. So really excited. I got a lot going on. It's fun stuff. Um, I'm really busy and really tired, but in the best way possible. I was know? about to say, I'm literally like, want to go take a nap just from like, right? that list of but I mean, I'm sure you feel that way too, where you're like, um, you're doing all these things. Oh, we, Aaron and I have a podcast as well. So we, we do that as well, but, um, you're doing all these things, but like in the best way, like it feels good, tired. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's funny <laughs> because I'm like a non hustler, like, and I've never right. been like a hustler, like not, yeah. and not like against hustle. I'm yeah, just yeah. not like, I like downtime. I like, like yeah. if I can work three hours a day and then go sit on the couch and read a book, I am happy. Fair. And I used to not Fair. be able to do that. So now I'm like trying to make that more my life. And yeah. it, t- it takes a while to get comfortable in that though. For sure. I think because like, like I've always been, like I said, a joiner and just like always felt the need. I took a, a good hiatus from being very busy when I had my kids. And when they were little, right, until they both were in school, that's when the hustle picked back up for me. Um, This feels very natural to me. Um, Not that motherhood doesn't feel natural to me, but being more of a like, I wasn't a stay at home mom because I was still in the salon, but I was kind of half and half. That felt very weird to me um, and very stressful for me. Um, I give stay at home moms all the props in the world because it is the hardest job and you don't have set hours. And, um, I just know like it was not for me and quite honestly, it wasn't for my kids either. Right. Like having, I am really okay with saying, um, being a working mom makes me a better mom because when I am home, I'm a little more refreshed. Yes. I'm tired from work, but I'm just, I'm not with them all day. <laughs> yes. I, 2020 was my taste of stay at home mom. I have an eight year old right? at the time he was going into kindergarten. Yeah. Virtually. Oh, baby. Virtually. Poor, oh gosh. It was yeah. horrible. And horrible. I was like, never, I don't want to do this. I don't like never, never, yeah. never. No, thank you. And I agree. I like to miss my kid. I like yeah. to go, I go places without 
my family. Like I like that. Yeah. And, and it's good for both of us. Like, I think my son Absolutely. likes it. He doesn't even miss Absolutely. me half the time anymore. I'm always there. So he's right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're getting very well known for your, I guess, content creation, your funny yeah. reels, yeah. your TikToks. Um, how many people think your name is Jade? Um, like all of them, <laughs> which I like, it's fine, whatever. I will answer to anything anyone wants to call me. Um, I'm totally fine with it. Um, but yes, I was the idiot who named my business. I combined my sons, Hayden and Jordan into Jade, Jordan oh, I love and Hayden that. into Jade. Um, because I never had a daughter and I really wanted a daughter named Jade. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not having a daughter, but I'm going to have a business name, Jade. And now everyone thinks my name's Jade. So it's fine. <laughs> I love that though. So it's funny that you say that because there was this short period of time where I was going to open a salon and I have a son. I don't want another kid. I love him to death, but I'm good. Yeah. And I have a girl name that since I was a child from the movie, my girl, I have wanted yes. to name yes. my daughter Veda. And I when I was that. going to open a salon, I was like, I'm calling it Veda Salon. And yeah, of course. So I love that you did that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, again, I wasn't thinking, I never once thought like, oh, I'm going to make it reels on the internet when I made my business. Right. So um, I didn't really think forward into the future, what that might create. But again, it's totally fine. Even people that like I feel like we have a personal-ish relationship. We'll be like, hey, Jade. And I'm like, wait, what? Well, when <laughs> I went to message you, I was that. like, wait, I was like, wait a minute. I don't think this is her name. And I was like, oh, it's not. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean, you would not be alone. It's total. like I said, I'm not offended. It is just funny though. Like people that I've worked with or whatever, and they're like, hey, Jade. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I thought- You're like answering to it now? Right? <laughs> I do. I'm just like, whatever, it's fine. So what made you start doing these TikToks or what are we calling them? Like, I'm so old. I feel like, what well, we- I mean, I do put them on TikTok, but I, everyone will be like, I love your TikToks. I'm like, they're reels. Cause I'm yes. like, I started them on Instagram and TikTok to me. I just feel like the old lady and over on TikTok. Um, so I started making reels during the pandemic when there was not reels. I was like making these little skits. They were terrible, mind you, um, because I was. I don't know how you felt, but I was very depressed those first couple of weeks. Um, not because I was scared. I mean, of course there was that feeling of uncertainty, but like we weren't going anywhere. So, and we didn't have to go anywhere. My husband worked from home. My kids were home. I was home. So it was like, I wasn't nervous in that way. I was just very depressed because I am someone who has to be creating something all the time. So I like, I'm, I'm always a crafty person. So I was like doing Michael's pickup orders like every other day and I was picking up all these different crafts that I was trying and um tie-dyeing remember that was a big thing and cross-stitching and all these things and so I started doing these videos because I'm like I need like a funny outlet and I wanted to make people laugh and they like I said they were terrible they were just in video format back then when you could actually post videos and not reels um and started doing that and then I started doing kind of the voiceover ones when those started becoming popular. And then quite honestly, I just felt like I would get, I would see so much of the stuff reused all the time, like the same audios, which I get, it's like, that's bound to happen. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just start doing like my own voice and like my own concepts. And so then I just started doing that. I think the first one I did was a movie one. 
and where I used my own voice and people literally were messaging me and they were like, wait, is that a voiceover or is that your <laughs> voice? Cause like people weren't doing that as much. And I'm like, I just use my own voice. It's fine. Whatever. Um, because the voiceovers take me 10 times as long. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know how you feel. Like, I know you do some voiceovers. Like it takes me a million tries. And I'm like, this just isn't for me. Like, right. It's not, so. Well, it's so interesting you say that, you know, it, it was born in 2020 because that's how this podcast came about. I was like, I was having these conversations with my friends in the industry that I was like, I feel like other people need to hear this right now. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to start a podcast. I bought a $25 microphone right. on Amazon right. that I still use. I literally like have a blanket for the sound and that's it. And yeah. I started it. Yeah. I think September, 2020, maybe a little earlier than that. And, um, I'm on episode like 120, this will be like 130th episode, like three years later. And it's like, it's crazy how that downtime actually kind of brought something out. It so much creativity, you know? And I just love that, like, obviously so much bad came out of the pandemic and we're still seeing the effects of that. But like, I really look at how much good came out of the pandemic. I don't know. My life changed dramatically. And I think it was because that was the first time in my life I really had time to like sit with my thoughts and feelings, you know, like in our industry, like we're just busy. And I don't think you, I just had a hard time, like really stopping. So when I was forced to stop, it really made me like learn way more about myself and like what I like, what I don't like. Right. Plus I think the beauty of getting older, like I'm turning 37 this year. And I just love that I am best friends with myself now. And I think that the pandemic did that to me, but also that I'm just okay with who I am. Mm. Not always, right? Like we all still pick ourselves apart sometimes, but for the most part, like aging is such a beautiful process in that I don't have to like be anyone else. I don't have to be liked by everybody. We're in my early twenties. That was like, not even something I could comprehend. Oh, I love that. I just love that that in the pandemic, you know, that we really just had, like, we were forced to sit with our feelings. (laughs) Yes. I think that's what, what made me realize I like to slower, like, like more downtime. Cause I was very much like, no, I just like do, 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 do. Yeah. And then I realized how much I was missing and, and not even just how much I was missing, but how much my mind would shut off when I was constantly doing and yeah. even now where I'll find myself bored and like scrolling the internet, my yeah. mind blanks out and I have to like go for a walk and like not listen yeah. to something to like kind of bring back that creative like juice. Totally. But I love that you said that like you're your own best friend. I mean, I would have never said that even five years ago, but now I'm just like, I'm really okay with who I am and I like who I am. And I think that's a beautiful place to be because I think too, sometimes in the beauty industry, we can be very hard on ourselves. Maybe it's because we stand in front of a mirror all day. Maybe it's because um, we're in a vanity driven industry. um, And part of our job is getting people to like us, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just really comfortable. I think too, like having a circle of people that are around me, my husband, my closest friends, they really like me. And I feel like that's what's important, right? I don't need the world to like me. I don't, um, I think at the end of the day, happiness is such an inside job, right? And I think society makes us think that it's not right. Like outside things are supposed to make us happy outside people. Yep. 
And I took a turn in the pandemic that I was like, it is no one else's responsibility but me to make me happy. So if, and now I focus on doing the things that make me happy and not in a selfish way, like that's how I'm able to um, keep it all kind of together. And, you know, not that my house is a disaster, like definitely (laughs) balls drop, right? When, when mom is busy and doing things, but everyone's happiness in my household all kind of like works together because I make myself happy. I give myself the space to do the things that make me happy, which also makes everyone around me happy. Does that make sense? I I felt, I still feel very guilty sometimes and very bad for saying I do certain things for me. Right. I think you talk, you talk a lot about self-care and how it's not a selfish thing and how we've just been so program and condition to make ourselves feel bad about that. But it is like everyone is rewarded when we take care of ourselves. Oh my gosh. Yes. So one of the main things that I'm trying to teach my son is that when I ask him, who do you love more than anything in the world? I always want him to answer himself. Yeah. And I think it's so important because it took me, I'll be 38 in like two weeks and it took me, oh, oh my God, probably 36 years to like realize that like, I can love myself more than anything else. And it actually benefits everyone else. And I think that we're just told like that's selfish and that, you know, and even I had this conversation with a friend yesterday about like being proud of yourself, right? Like, oh, well that's bragging, but it's like, why is it bragging when I've like done something that like is brave? I've worked really hard. Yeah. Yeah. That like you work hard, like you should be really proud of that. So it's like, it, I think that when we kind of show what self-care can look like and like real yeah. self-care, not just yeah. like a facial and like, you know, right. a pedicure, or whatever, like really, really like doing the work to like feel peace on the inside, yeah. it's showing other people that it's possible. It's showing our kid that it's possible. I mean, that's it's- the biggest thing. Um, I feel very fortunate that I had a great upbringing, but obviously every generation has things that you're like, oh, you should have done that different. Right. Right. So I, I take that so personally. And so like at the forefront of my parenting is that like, are my kids happy and healthy and safe and they feel safe? Mm-hmm. Like I, yes. Would I love you to be super successful and doing all these things? Sure. But at the end of the day, like the most important thing we can give our kids and ourselves is like true happiness. Like that is not something that honestly a lot of people have. Well, let me ask you this. When you say, you know, of course you want them to be successful. What does success mean to you? Like, I want them to be, that's a tricky question, right? Because like, I, again, I think I've been so programmed that success is like, you are, um, you have a home and you have a, a job that pays you well, and you are able to pay your bills on time. Um, but true success in my mind, when I really think about it and how I, value it because a lot of things that I value have no monetary number on it. Sure. Of course I am motivated by money and I like to have nice things, but at the end of the day, I do so much stuff that pays me nothing that just like feeds my soul to me. That is success. Success to me is like, do you feel loved? Do you feel supported? do you do the things you love to do? Like, I feel so lucky that I'm in a job that I absolutely love. 
Yeah. I mean, that's such a gift. It is. And I, I, lately I've been seeing, I think again, after 2020, so many people have like kind of shifted what they, how they want to live their life. And you're seeing more people follow their passion and turning it into a career. And it, that lights, that shit lights me up so much. Like when I, and even like watching, we were watching, um, the climb. I don't know if you ever watched this. It's like Mm -hmm. a reality show where people like, you know, they climb mountains. That's like, climbers. And watching the careers that they can have, like doing, like living in a van and just like climbing a mountain all over the world and getting paid for it. I'm like, that is so amazing to me. Totally. You imagine those kids going to their parents and going like, I'm going to climb for a career. And parents totally. are like, our parents generation you. would be like, uh, no, right? <laughs> exactly. Don't call me when you need money, you know, but it is true. Like the amount of people who I don't, I wonder what the stats are on that of how many people live in vans now. Because that has become so huge after, like, they're like, no, what's important to me is that I travel. And if that means I live in a van and I subsidize all of my life into this van to do that, I'm like, that is amazing. Like, I just, and it's not for me, but but I find that amazing. And like, how many entrepreneurs have been bred out of COVID too? Because again, like, right, people are done like working for the man right they're done working for someone else in a job that they hate just to like pay their bills and survive so I just love that so many people are entrepreneurs now more than ever yeah well let's and I think you're right let's flip that a little bit because I'm finding it interesting going into what year three after 2020 right where you saw this like uptick in entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. especially in the hair world there's a lot of like I'm Mm -hmm. going to be an educator I want to be a coach whatever And then now three years later, you're starting to see a lot of people fall off. And I do think that sometimes social media gives us this like this false narrative of like, oh, all you got to do is like post something online and then it takes off and then you have a business. Do you have thoughts on that? Especially as someone who started making these videos, like are your videos like helping your business? Are they hurting? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I can't take any more new clients. So I feel fortunate. I I've said this before, but I pay zero marketing dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, All of my collabs and um, editorial work has been from Instagram. People are just reaching out to me. They've seen my work, whatever. Um, But no, I've had several failed businesses before my business. Um, I was someone who, yeah, I've always loved, and they weren't like real, real businesses, but like things like I had an Etsy shop and I was, you know, I was always someone that was like, I'm going to do photography. And so I was like doing people's headshots on the side. Were they good? No, but like (laughs) it was something that I was just like, oh, I want to, I was always trying to find all these sources of income, right? Because I'm just someone that like, likes to be busy, likes to make money. So it was just like, I was deep diving deep into all these different passions, right? None of them went anywhere until truly like, my salon business kind of happened by happenstance because I was at a commission salon six years ago. She decided to close and I was like, I'm not going to go work for someone else. I have a clientele that I can now take because I was in the dreaded non-compete. And so (laughs) once that was up, I was like, well, I'm going to go on my own. And I really, you know, like dived deep into entrepreneurship as far as like learning the marketing and, you know, doing everything myself. Um, but before that, yeah, I was a total like serial entrepreneur of little things, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I like really put all of my energy and all my eggs to the basket and like invested in my business that it really kind of took off for me. And I can see where entrepreneurship is hard. Like, you know, it's, um, 
I used to say, you know, you've seen that thing a million times. I didn't want to work for anyone else. So I work for myself and now I work 24 seven and it's true, but it, because it's for myself, it somehow doesn't feel as much like work. Like if I right. had to like punch in for someone else and work as much as I did do now, I would hate it. I agree. And I, for your vision, it's different. I agree. And I think that, that, that is, I hear a lot of commission stylists say, I want to go out on my own. Cause I want to keep more money. And I'm like, well, <laughs> not really the case. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> well, it doesn't something. exactly work like that. You're essentially, no. you're trading, you're trading for something that has more meaning in my opinion, yeah. not necessarily yeah. more money. I mean, yes, there's benefits. There is financial sure. benefits to it. hundred yeah. percent. Um, yeah. But you're really trading it to like make something more yours and having freedom. Like I do yeah. what I do because I want the freedom that totally. I want to have that no one else can give me. Right. No one else. Yeah. Um, yes. But I think it's interesting because I do, I'm, I, I see this false, like what entrepreneurship is a lot on Instagram when it's like, no, there is really hard days. There's really hard years. It's really hard know? years. And I, do you have any like thing you would, maybe somebody's listening to this and they, yeah, whether they want to go out on their own as a hairstylist, an educator, whatever, maybe they want to leave the hair industry completely. Do you have any yeah. insight on them of like, like what, not to like deter them in any way. Like mm-hmm. I'm more like, no, do the damn thing. Yeah. But like the reality of being an entrepreneur. The reality is you are going to work way more than you think mm-hmm. you know it's just like you eat breathe and sleep your business truly um I'm sure there's people who don't um and more power to them but I think if you're really passionate about your business it just comes naturally so I think you work when you don't necessarily want to work I was always under the like the the false tense that like oh I'm gonna like pick my days off and I'm gonna go on vacation like even on vacation I'm working and I don't want to because I want to really focus on vacation but the reality is when you own a business it is hard to step away for long periods of time yeah and um I think as long as you're passionate about it that's not gonna feel weird it's just there is sacrifice in entrepreneurship it's not just like I don't gotta answer to anybody I gotta answer to 250 clients now you know, yes. where back in the day when you're at a commission, like the receptionist handled that. But now if I, heaven forbid, I'm sick or need to switch an appointment, I have to be the one to reach out to them. I don't have a staff right now. So, um, you know, I just think it's not all <laughs> unicorns and rainbows. There's a lot of sacrifice that comes with it. And again, sacrifice, I would not take back. I love it. But it is different. You are. It's a trade-off. It's not completely as easy as, oh, I'm going to go on my own. I'm going to make more money. Like there's, there's trade-offs for sure. Yeah. I heard recently somebody said, um, entrepreneurship is like self-growth on crack. So like when it comes to like (laughs) your personal growth, how has all of the things that you do, all of it, the content creation, the editorial stuff in the salon, how has that like affected you as a human being, not just in your business? Yeah. I mean, I think the reels have made such a big impact on me, which I know sounds stupid because they're just stupid reels, but I have gotten a place. I'm at the heaviest that I've ever been in my life, including both of my pregnancies. Um, I don't necessarily love my appearance, but I go out and I do it every day, every week. I put out these reels and I just put them out where years, two years ago, I've been like, Oh my God, I cannot put that out there. I don't like how I look. I don't like how much I weigh. I don't like what I'm wearing. I would have never done that. Now I'm like, "Hmm, 
I don't love it, but you know what? <laughs> Somebody, you know, I mean, it's that to me is huge growth because I was someone who was very insecure about appearance. Um, and so now I just put it out and like double chin or not, I'm putting this bad boy out. Um, and so that's been a huge growth thing for me because like I said, my insecurity has always lied in my appearance and my, my physique and my weight and all those things. So to do that, especially when I'm feeling kind of very outside of my own body at this point in my life, um, I'm just really kind of proud of that, that I'm just like willing to keep putting myself out there. Um, two, just like, sometimes you're like, Oh, I don't know how this is going to be perceived. I don't know if people are going to like this. I don't know if people are going to even think this is funny and that I just keep doing it. And it might resonate with someone. It might not. Um, again, I'm, I'm proud of that. I feel like that's a huge growth for me because I was always very concerned about like, Oh, we're going to, people going to like this. Are they not going to like it? How are, how is this going to make me look right? Mm-hmm. So that's been, that's been huge. And just like, being busy is where I blossom. So, um, that has just been really like teaching me like, no, you can do this. You got this right. Where, when I kind of was taking a slower, I did a lot of like doubting myself. I don't doubt myself. There's a lot of times that, yes, I am afraid. I go into situations that I'm like, am I cut out to do this? Like, do I have any business, um, doing these things? And then I just, just do it. And I'm like, so I, I've cut the self doubt a lot. It's not that I don't have days that I don't like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? But I'm proud of the growth that I've had just doing it, you know, just doing it, putting myself out there, which is so hard, was so hard for me for a long time. What do you do on the imposter syndrome days? Like what kind (sighs) of helps get you out of cry? (laughs) So do you just sit in it and just know it'll pass? Yeah. I mean, I am someone, again, I have an amazing tribe around me. Um, Erin and I talk every day. So I have had cries with her. I've had days that I've been like, what am I doing? What am I even cut out to do any of these things? And she talks me off the ledge, but like, really, I am someone that I need alone time. I've, that's another thing I realized in COVID, right. When we were all stuck at home together, like I needed a good hour every day that I like went up to my closet and like did something by myself and no one asked me for anything. I, I realized that everyone in my house knows that I need that. So, um, if I have those imposter syndrome days, I typically just kind of like ride it out and I feel better, you know, but it is, it takes like, it takes me having a little self-reflection sometimes sitting in it a little bit, right? Like, okay, it's okay to have a little bit of like a woe is me moment, but it's how you like pull yourself out of it. And it always, for me, always passes, you know? And also like, don't, don't scroll on the internet too much. You know what I mean? Like know when to step away. And I'm someone who spends a lot of time on Instagram as part of my job, but I don't follow accounts that make me feel miserable. Yeah. I, um, if I don't feel like I'm following, I mute people if I need to. I really just try to surround myself with people that um, make me feel good. Because yes. like the internet's a very big place. There's room for everybody. You don't need to follow people that make you feel like crap. But I feel and like it might everyone... not be their own doing, but if, if they give you that reaction, then just unfollow. It doesn't right. have to be a big deal. 
Right. I feel like everyone also kind of going back to like you being able to talk to Aaron and stuff, like everyone needs like a support system that reminds you of how much of a badass you are. And that's something that I've realized over the last couple of years is like, I need those people that like when I am down, because it happens, it happened to me yesterday. I woke up just like feeling for no reason, nothing happened. There was nothing, nothing. And I woke up like nothing's working. Everything's going wrong. Nothing happened. <laughs> like, just, Isn't that the magic of being a woman? Yes. And I immediately, I like called one of my friends. Hey, can we go for a walk? I like reached out to like, like I, I now know, like I can reach out to somebody that reminds me yeah. who the fuck I am. Yeah. And then like, and it still hurts. It still is there, but it goes of away course. so much faster. You know, it goes away so much. like I'll say to my husband, my husband, I say this like on every podcast, people are probably like zip it. But my husband is literally like my number one cheerleader. Like, I just feel so lucky that I have a partner who is just like so invested in me, but I'll be like upset or he can tell I'm upset about something. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, I just feel this way. And he'll be like, have you forgotten who you are? Cause he just thinks I'm like the greatest. Right. And sometimes you have to see yourself through another person's lens. Like our kids, like that's something for me, um, that I, because I've been, like I said, I'm the heaviest that I'm at. I'm very insecure about my, my personal appearance right now. But I always say to myself, especially when we go on a trip and you're like, damn it, I got to put on that bathing suit. My kids do not care. Like if we just think about how our kids look at us, my sons look at me like I'm the most beautiful. They would never think I was overweight. You know what I mean? Like they just want you in that pool. And I say that to myself all the time. Like it does not matter what I necessarily, like what we tell ourselves can sometimes be the biggest lie. It's like the people who love you the most, how did they see you? And like, look at it that way. I love that. We did, there's two exercises that this brings up for me um, at a retreat that I went on. And one of them was we had to write down like our limiting belief, like our biggest one. And at the time mine was, I'm not smart. Like I just did not feel like I was smart. And um, we had to walk up to somebody and introduce ourselves that way. And it was so hard. So I had to walk up to somebody and just be like, hi, I'm not smart. And it was like, I mean, I almost cried thinking about it. Like, because in my mind, I'm like, I tell myself this in my head all the time saying it out loud feels gross. It does. You know, it's so right. That's powerful. It is powerful. um, And I think about that. And then we did another exercise that I'll never forget. I wish I had video of it. Like it's something I wish I could have bottled up where we all sat around a fire and we had to go around and each person, everyone had to say how they perceive them. Yeah. And it was the most positive, like, like thing. Like, I, I mean, I just remember feeling like, oh my God, like, why don't I look at myself? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's so interesting. And, and I tell my son all the time, like, would you, if he says something about himself that like, yeah. you know, I'm not good at this or I'm ugly yeah. or what, you know, whatever. Yeah. Say, would you say that to your best friend? Would you say that to me? Well, no. Well, then don't say it to yourself. You're your best friend. I love that. I love that. But it's hard. I mean, it's easier said than done. It is hard. (laughs) It is because I think it's what is modeled for you too. Like my mom is my very best friend and she has been my rock and my support system. But like she was never super like positive on herself. She was definitely like someone that if you gave her a compliment, she'd be like, oh no, she still does it. Yes. And I do that. You know what I mean? Like we teach our, and I'm not blaming her, but right. Like we teach our kids how to talk to yourself. That's not something we innately know how to do. We have this inner voice, but like 
we are modeling what we see. And so I, I'm not perfect at it, but I try to be much better about how I talk to myself in front of my boys, because I think it's so important that, yeah, our kids grow up with this. You don't talk to yourself like that. If you wouldn't talk to your friend or someone else, don't talk to yourself like that either. So I have a question for you, especially with we're talking about kids and stuff like, so, you know, I grew up where like, you, you don't be too confident. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like, oh, that's cocky. Where now yeah. I'm like, I wish somebody would have told me to be more confident. 100%. Because somewhere along the lines, cough, confidence and cocky became the same thing. And they're absolutely not. Right. But you're so right. We are the generation that's like, no, no, don't, don't be proud of yourself. Don't be confident because that somehow means you're being cocky or, you know, rude. And yeah, what, what is that? Right. And then even with my son, I'm like, no, I want him to think he's a big deal, you know? And then it's like, is that a bad thing? Like, am I going to make him like, no asshole? I I I don't think so. Like I really always encourage my boys, like, no, you need to like be strong on your own. I don't want somebody's like daughter to have to take care of you. Right. (laughs) Like I'm really raising them to like, you know, of course be very gentle with women, but like, you don't need you need to be able to do things for yourself. Yes. You're, if you do have a wife one day, she is not your mom. Mm-hmm. She is your partner. She is your equal. So, but I want them to know that they're a catch too, right? Like I, I, I teeter on that, right? Cause I think it's tricky in this climate with boys. Like you don't, I never want them to um, take advantage of women or to be too cocky around women, right? Like that's gross to me. Yeah. Um, but I want them to raise them too, to be, confident in who they are and what they bring to the table as well, because there is this shift, right? Where confident and cocky get to be very convoluted. And I don't know, I guess just be like, be a good person. And if you're a good person, that's, that's what's important and know that you're a good person. Yes. I knew like as a kid, I, I felt like I was a very good person. Um, and I wanted the best for everybody. And I was very thoughtful And then I feel like people took advantage of that. And then I started to doubt, well, am I not a good person? And then you go down this rabbit hole in your early twenties, where you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing because you're very confused on who you are. And it was like coming back into the pandemic and into my thirties when I'm like, oh no, no, I know who I am. Mm -hmm. People may have gotten that confused in my twenties and people might have made assumptions or whatever about me. But now I know, like, I'm back to my eight-year-old self, kind of. Yeah, you that's, know what I mean? uh, that was literally going to be my next question because I swear to God, it makes me laugh every time. The The last, like, five years, really, I've really come into, like, who I am, what I like, this is me, take yeah. it or leave it. And yeah. I am turning into my middle school self. I wear the same yeah. pants. I wear the same, right. like, I, like, am dressing like I did in middle school. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I've always liked. Like, why for so many years did I try to, like, hide it or like not even hide it, but just like mask it. You know, it's like, no, I've always loved singing the little mermaid, like outside as I go for a walk. Like, why can't I still love that? (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, it's so true. I think our twenties are so much of like oppressing who we really are. Yeah. I mean, we just like, I came into my thirties saying, I want to make the little girl in me proud. Like we only have one life. And like, I owe it to that little girl to give like my best life 
and with the best people around me. And so, um, I mean, it takes a long time because in your twenties, you're like, you're still in that. You're not really mature enough to be like, no, this is what I like. I like the little mermaid. You're still like, oh, I want to be cool like you. And I want to go to all the cool clubs and I want to do all the cool things. And then you realize in your thirties, like no one is cool. Like cool is such a fallacy that you don't care. Right. Like you're just like, no, I like what I like because at the end of the day, like when I am old and my husband and I talk about this all the time, when we are old and you can't really do for yourself anymore. All you have is like what you have inside, right? Like none of the cool things matter. All you have to take with you is your memories and your happiness. And I just look at people who are like unhappy their whole life. And I just feel sad because we only have one life and like, it goes by fast. Like, I don't know what you were almost the same age, but it's like, how, how, how are my kids too? Like, I don't necessarily feel older, but I look at my kids and I'm like, how, how does this happen? How are we here? comes up like past, like almost to my collarbone. I'm like, I, how am I taking care of a human being that's, that is this large? (laughs) Am I equipped to do these things? Yes, I know. Exactly. And like this year is my 20th year behind the chair. 20. Every time I say it, I'm like, there's no way. Like something happens, something dis- like, does that make you feel weird? Does that make you feel like when I say weird, does that make you feel any type of way? Cause I'm 18 years in and I'm not going to lie. I have some feelings that I've been feeling and I don't necessarily know like how to process them, but do you like coming into 20 years? Do you feel like, yes, I feel oh my weird. God, am I an old hairstylist? Yes. I actually had this conversation with one okay. of my clients. So I only work <laughs> one day a week behind the chair now. Okay. And I was talking to one of my, and I'm to the point now where I'm not really taking like technical classes anymore. Like I do a very, I do, I specialize in seamless, like lived in natural looking hair. That is what I love. It makes me happy. And I was talking to my, my uh, client about it. And I was like, I just realized, I remember being a young stylist and seeing the older stylist just doing the same thing, the same kind of hair. And I was like, I'm never going to be that. And now I'm that person. Like, I am like, nope. This is the hair I like. This is what you get. This like, don't come to me with chunky nothing. Like, can I do it? Yeah. Do I want to? No. (laughs) No. I mean, I think that's the beautiful thing about um, being further along in our careers. We really get to like decide like, no, this is what I do. Take it or leave it. Um, You have that power later on in your career. But I do feel weird because I remember getting, and I was in a salon that was pretty much all younger stylists, but there was a couple that were, not as far into the industry as I am now, but definitely, you know, in for like 10 years plus. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, like, oh, what is it? You know, like we're young and fresh and like, we know all the hot stuff, which I really, that's why I do so much education. Cause I'm like, I have to stay on top of it in order to not feel like I'm, uh, you know, like how, how I looked at some of those stylists back in the day. Mm-hmm but it does feel weird. Like someone called me a seasoned stylist and I was like offended. I was, I was like, what do you mean seasoned? And she was like, well, you know, like you, you've been doing this for a while. And I was like, uh, I don't know. The word season just hit me wrong. Right. And then ever <laughs> since then, I'm like, am I an old hairstylist now? And like, sometimes I think too, like, have I, I think I pictured 18 years in that I was going to be like doing Kim Kardashian's hair. Do you know what I mean? Not that I want to do that, but in my mind and my younger self, I was like, oh, 20 years then I'm going to be on the cover of Vogue. I'm going to be, you know, yada, yada. 
Right. And so um, it felt, there's this piece of me that was like, am I doing enough? Am I as far along as I thought I would be? Mm. But I, I struggle with that a little bit. But then I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, you're doing a yeah. lot. Think of how far. Yeah. You've and I, yeah. What, what would you your what one I mean? year like, in hairstylist self say to you now? Girl, buckle up. <laughs> you know, like, I think when I got into the industry, I thought somehow this was going to be like super easy. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't think I was prepared for what um, this all entails. Right. I think I wasn't prepared physically what I would feel like in 18 years. Um, And then I wasn't prepared for the peaks and valleys, right? right? Like, um, I was very fortunate. I got into a very high volume salon right away. I was making six figures two, three years in, mm-hmm. um, which is very rare. And I really count my blessings that I was also grandfathered a lot of clients from a lot of stylists that were leaving. So that happened by chance. Um, but so of course I'm 22 making six figures thinking, Oh my gosh, this is the end all be all. You know, I moved to New York. I thought I was hot stuff and I moved to New York and realized you are not hot stuff, you know? And I've that heard was that a quite a bit humbling. about stylists who moved to New York city where they think that because, they're going to like, cause yeah, there's a lot of I hot moved, stuff in New York city. <laughs> oh my gosh. Everybody's hot stuff. You are a small fish in a big pond. Um, and I came from Minneapolis where I was doing pretty, like I said, I was doing well and I was getting accolades and you know, all these things. And I got a big time job and I thought I was really cool and moved to New York. And I'm like, Oh, everyone is cool in their respective cities. Like you're not important here. Go get the coffee, you know? And that was, that was hard for me to realize too. And then like, of course I went from making buco bucks to no bucks. That was hard. Um, and I wasn't mature enough to handle that either. Um, and then I relocated to Chicago a couple of years later. And that was another humbling moment because I went from, I was working as a Ford artist and I was traveling and I was doing all these things, moved to Chicago with no job uh, to be with my husband and didn't know the area, didn't know anyone. And you're starting a clientele all over again. You're like, holy smokes, again, making zero dollars. Right. Um, and it was, it was, you know, uh, a wild ride for 18 years. And I feel like now I'm, I have so much more control over not just my income, but my emotions and all those things that it is easier. But my first year out of Aveda, I think I would have told myself like strap on, if you want to do this, you know, there was so many years that I'm like, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it. Um, I'm not making any money. I'm not happy, you know, I actually went back to school um, when my youngest was 18 months old. I went back to finish a business degree just because I'm like, I got to get out. I need some stable, some stability. And then kind of right at that time, I had my, when I was just about to finish with my online degree, I um, had my second son and that's when I went on my own. And so, yeah, she closed the sun. He was maybe like two or three months old. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this. And like I said, entrepreneurship just kind of fell into my lap. And um, yeah, I mean, since then, it's been much easier to be like, I, I mean, I left that degree in the dust and I will never 
you know, but, but you probably so, use yeah. it. Don't you? I mean, like, like technically um, like the, or not really. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> let's be honest. No, I do not. But it's, you know, something that I felt like, okay, I've got to get out of here and I need something to do. So I need a degree. Um, and I'm glad I did it at that time, but I don't see ever see myself using it, you know? Right. Right. Well, let me flip the script then. What would baby stylist Morgan say to you now? Oh man, she was a hot mess. I'm not even going to lie. When I was 19 and got into the industry. She'd be like, why you got so many kids? (laughs) Totally. She'd be like, girl, what? Because I did. I told the night before I met my husband, I had dinner with my parents. I was living in New York and I was up in Minneapolis for the holidays. And I said, just so you guys know, I will never get married or have kids. Like that's, you're not going to get it from me. So I am a career woman and this is who I am. And then the next night I came down to Chicago um, and spent New Year's with some girlfriends here before heading back to New York. And I met my husband. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure she would be like, you have children, you are responsible for young people and you have a husband. Like that was just something that I did not see myself. I like, I wanted that, but I was like, no, I've got too much things to do that is not going to allow for that, you know? My husband and so. I, we got together. I, we both didn't want to get married, didn't want to have kids that, you know, here we are. I always used to say I never wanted to work for myself, which is ironic to me. Like, so many, like all the things I'm doing now, like young Misty was like, absolutely not. But yeah. I feel like it was a belief that I couldn't. Right. Yeah. I had this belief that that was not for me. I'm unable to do that. I, my biggest fear when I was pregnant is that I, the motherly instinct wasn't going to kick in which thank God it did, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But no, it's so true because before you have kids, you're like, am I going to like this infant? Before you have kids, you are a perfect parent. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that too, you know, everything, you know how to do everything and you're going to do it by the book. But yeah, no, I get that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. But she would not say how proud she is of you. I think she would. She, my 19 year old self is very proud of me. And I think more so not just from what I've done, but who I am, because again, at 19, I think I was like very confused on who I am. Um, what 19 year old isn't. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And I, I don't think at 19, I was like honest and truthful with who I am. Um, so I think now she would be very proud that like, oh yeah, you are, you're your middle school self. And I'm proud of you, girl. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So before we like close this up, what yeah. do you and Aaron have up your sleeves? What kind of classes are you teaching? Where are you going? What give all the details? Yeah. Oh gosh. We're so excited. We are teaching lived in color. So our tour is called make it lived in dueling techniques. Cause I will be focusing mainly on blondes. She will be focusing on brunettes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have a live demo, um, on a blonde and a brunette showing our signature placements. Um, we're going to be definitely talking about photography hacks because that's such a huge part of the biz now that was not yep. a long time ago. My 19 year old self would be like, what you're taking photos. Right. Um, so yeah, we're teaching photography, the apps we like to use, and then utilizing your, uh, social media for your business. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, really how to use your analytics and make them work for you, whether it's brand collabs, getting clients, et cetera, et cetera. So awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. And the, podcast? and then 
and the podcast. We film weekly. The honest and the honest hairdresser podcast. I'm so like I'm so bad. Like that's something I need to work on is our branding. The honest hairdresser. For, like, <laughs> You're like you know that podcast us, that right? I have, but I'm not going to tell you what it's called. You got to find right, it. Yeah, <laughs> the honest hairdresser podcast. You can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, we talk a lot about you know industry stuff. A lot of times it's just her and I, but sometimes we bring guests on as well. Um, and yeah, so we're going to San Diego in June. We're going to Boston in July. And then we're going to take August. We'll go to the BTC show um, in Austin. And um, then September, we've got some East Coast cities. I'm not a lot. I've been foreboding to say what they are. Oh, yet, no. Well, are they anywhere then- near Virginia? Um, my, like, I'm a typical American and my geography. Is I mean, we're like, in the middle. Um, we're like in the middle of the East coast. <laughs> probably not too far. Well, do you know where Erin is? Erin's Connecticut, right? Yeah. So she's, so up. we're doing one of the classes. I can say this. We're doing one of the classes at her salon. Okay. Okay. So, um, and then so October we're taking off cause that's Chicago fashion week. And then November we're heading back to my home state of Minneapolis. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So it's well, fun. And is tickets and stuff in your link in bio on your Instagram? Yes, it is. I've finally gotten that down, gotten the, the link in bio. I finally got a link tree that I had not had. Um, and I finally got that all together so that all my links are up and you can purchase tickets there. Awesome. Awesome. You know, when I started this like education coaching business, my least favorite part was saying link in bio. It made me I know, want to right? it. <laughs> I know. And like swipe up for the link. That's yes. another like least favorite one. My code is, you know. Yes. So. Made me want to vomit, but it's all right. You get used to it after a while. So totally. Morgan, before we end this, I have one more question yeah. for you that I ask all of my guests. Yes. What does being a cash confident stylist mean to you? You know, I think um, being a cash confident stylist in our industry, I think we have a lot of us come into the industry with this like scarcity mindset, right? And so being cash confident as losing that scarcity mindset, which is hard. I mean, I'm still working on that. Um, I have a client who's a business coach who's done a lot of like work with me on like, you know, how your mindset and how that affects your cash flow and all that. For me, it is really like cash confident is I might not have a good day today, but tomorrow is going to be or whatever. You know, our industry is so like that we don't have a set paycheck every two, every other Friday. Right. So for me, cash confident is this wasn't a good week, but next week will be, and I got to ride it out. And if it's not, how am I going to increase my business so that it always is? Yes. I love that. Trusting yourself. Totally. It's all about the trust. Right. Morgan, thank you so much for coming on and having an open conversation. I really appreciate all kinds of things. Um, yes, we, you all, like I got a little misty eye in there, misty. It, it was good. It was great. Yeah. It ha- yeah. I should warn people. I should have people like sign a disclaimer. You might cry. <laughs> like, well, you have that personality. You're very easy to talk to. So that's what people keep saying. Which yes. is so you, need a, you need a subsection of your business to be like therapy, right? I mean, in gonna... all honesty, that's why I got certified in life coaching because even with my money coaching, I was realizing that it's way more than money. Right. You know, so so now it it's just like, well, how do you market that? <laughs> like, totally. you know well, I mean? there's I tell, a need. I can help your <laughs> life. Like, I don't know. It's yes. just, 
working on it, but (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And you're welcome back anytime. So if you ever have a topic or anything, or if somebody's listening and they have something that they want, you know, us to talk about on your podcast, my podcast, whatever DM, both of us, I answer DMS. I'm assuming you do, but I could, I do. Okay. (laughs) I do. Yeah. I'm just like opening your DMS to the world right now. Right. 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 Totally. But thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.